in, uh, in the lectionary anyway, uh, a penitential psalm of David, uh, Psalm 32. Uh, we're going to cover verses 1 through 7 today, and then we'll dig into uh, what that all means. So it reads this way, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. End of reading. So I, uh, I wonder if you ever feel like uh, you're not really forgiven of all your transgressions. Transgressions, of course, being willful, knowing sins, things that you know you've done wrong. Uh, that no matter what you've done in your life through faith in Christ, you are covered and God looks at you as if you're perfect. Do you ever struggle with really believing that? Uh, do you walk with the kind of assurance that knows when you stand before God uh, he will not count your iniquity against you, as David says here in this psalm. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm primarily asking about here really are your feelings. I'm asking, uh, do you feel assured, uh, confident that you are, you're good with God? Uh, if you are not feeling assured, or if you struggle with assurance that you really are forgiven, uh, let me briefly go over why that that could be i think from this text this text talks about and alludes to why uh one might feel a lack of assurance and, and first of all it, it it could be because you're living in some way you sense you're you're not supposed to uh in other words you feel guilty about something or some things uh, more likely and this could be from a long time ago uh, or it could be as recent as this morning. <laughs> uh, it could be lies that you've told, gossip that you've participated in, taking shortcuts at work, drinking too much. I mean, the list goes on and on. It can go on forever. There's so many things that we know we ought to do that we haven't done and that we can potentially feel shame or guilt about. Now, uh, the truth is, uh, every one of us, every one of us falls short of the way we should be living in some way or another every single day. Uh, we know we're not perfect, um, but sometimes uh, that becomes more glaringly obvious to us because of something that we've done or something that we've said or something that we've thought. And when that happens, we, we may begin to wonder if we're still good with God. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, one of Satan's primary goals as the accuser, after he's tempted you to fall into sin, is to then come back to you and throw your sin in your face and say, well, if you were really a Christian, if you were really serious in your walk with the Lord, then you certainly wouldn't be doing that. 
uh, Christians aren't supposed to act like that. And your inner lawyer says, yeah, you're right. Maybe that shows that I'm not good with God. Maybe I shouldn't have any assurance. But unfortunately, what we, what we tend to do when we've blown it uh, is either rationalize it away, we excuse it away, we lessen it, we lighten it, we pretend as if it's not that big a deal, or we just simply pretend it didn't happen. We, we really we try and hide it, we, we sweep it under the rug. Um, <clears throat> it's like Nietzsche said, yeah, that Nietzsche, the, the philosopher who, one of the philosophers who really, really didn't like Christianity, uh, he did have some insightful things to say. And uh, one of the things he said is, quote, my memory says, you did this. My pride says, I could not have done this. Eventually, my memory yields. Indeed, that's, I think, true for all of us at one time or another. Our pride can get in the way of us honestly confessing our sins. And when we do it, it actually harms us. Uh, David, who had quite a few mighty struggles with sin and ended up losing those battles many times, uh, describes it this way in our psalm today. Again, quote, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. What a perfect description of what it feels like to walk without assurance. Without assurance that we're good with God. So what does this psalm tell us we should do if we're feeling a lack of assurance? If we're feeling weighed down by guilt and shame over sins, whether way in the past or whether just this morning, the solution is confession. David says, quote, after he's just talked about having his strength right up, the very next verse, I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. That's it. That's it. You want to walk assured of confidence that you and God are good. The way forward is totally counterintuitive. But I can testify from experience and actually from numerous studies. There was a, there's an article called Spill the Beans in the Atlantic from, uh, I think it was June 2015. You can just Google it. Um, that talks all about how uh, quite literally when one holds a secret in, when one fails to come clean, it actually affects their physical health. Much like David said earlier, feeling like your bones are wasting away and that you're groaning all day long. It, it actually, the, the, the doctor who did the research for this particular study covered in the Atlantic said that people that were harboring a secret, a big secret, actually when they saw stairways seemed to see the stairway as more steep than a person who wasn't keeping a secret. That when they had to carry something, they reported it being heavier than a person who didn't have a secret. It literally has physical effects when we don't come clean. But the way to freedom is coming clean about our mistakes and our failures, about our sins and our transgressions, about our iniquities. 
Now, it's, it's totally fearful. Uh, it makes us vulnerable. It crushes our pride to admit our failures. But I am telling you, I'm telling you, based on what the scriptures teach and what experience shows us, that when you just admit it, that's where assurance can be found. Now, don't hear this wrong. I am not saying that you are assured because of your confession. I am saying that you will feel more assured when you confess. This is why the Lord's Prayer tells us uh, that it is, you know, the Lord's Prayer was sort of one of these things that was meant to be prayed all the time. And it, it includes in there a prayer for forgiveness of our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against others. So it's part of the daily Christian life that we come just acknowledging, I didn't, I didn't live up to the, the standard again. So it comes pleading for mercy. It comes acknowledging we need mercy still, no matter how long we've been Christians. And so David goes on with the results of confession. With the, he says, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Right now, surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Now, do you hear the change in tone here in this psalm? Uh, just a few verses earlier, David describes himself as burdened by God's hand, weighed down by it, having his strength dried up as in the heat of summer and groaning all day long. But now, after confession, he sees God as his protector against the storms of life. Now, upon confessing his iniquity, he sees God as a hiding place who preserves him from trouble, who surrounds him with shouts of deliverance. In other words, freedom. So God becomes, when, when we confess our sin... Instead of God becoming this stern judge who is uh, bearing down on us like David felt, now we see him as the one who is the ultimate source of freedom, of deliverance, shouts of deliverance. And so John points out in his first epistle, verses probably very familiar to many of you watching, in verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now John goes on, beginning of chapter 2. My children, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So I'm not looking for you to have an excuse to sin. This isn't that, that thing. This isn't let us sin so that grace may abound. No, 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 no. I don't want you to sin. But if anyone does sin, a.k.a. everyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He stands by our side. He defends us, even in spite of our failures. Why? How can he do that? Because he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Because Jesus has already paid for your sins upon the cross, you need not fear coming to him with your worst offenses. 
with your, I mean it, with your worst offenses, whatever you think is too bad, too beyond the pale for him to accept you, that's not true. That's the voice of the enemy speaking into your life rather than the truth of Scripture. There is nothing that you cannot bring to him. He knows all of it anyway. He knows it. He's not. I mean, when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they were hiding behind fig leaves, it wasn't as if God was like, oh, where are they? I just, I don't know. He knew. He knows. He knows what we've done. He knows all of it, the worst, the dirtiest, the messiest, the grossest, the stuff that we feel the most shame and guilt over. And he says to you, guess what? Instead of those fig leaves being your hiding place that aren't really your hiding place, I am your hiding place. Under my shelter of my son's perfect righteousness, you are covered. He is your advocate. And today you can walk assured that, that he'll stand by your side forever. That he'll never forsake you. So today, before you get going in your daily routine, uh, take a moment. Examine yourself. Confess your sins. And walk in the freedom of knowing that they are forgiven. That you are covered that your transgressions are not held against you.